Welcome to the Simply Vegan podcast, brought to you by the UK's only vegan magazine, Vegan Food and Living. Can you believe that we are at the end of 2023? I know I can't. Where has the year gone? I've got some exciting news for you all, though. For, for January, we are going back to weekly episodes, as I think I told you last week. But I also have a new co-host, which I'm so excited about, um, celebrity makeup artist MJ, that's spelled E-M hyphen J, and you can follow her at MJ Edit, E-M-J Edit on Instagram. She's super lovely, and I'm just looking forward to getting to know her, as I'm sure you will be. Uh, and she also happens to be married to Henry from Bosch, so very cool. Uh, We'll be having a good old chat each week to help you get through those January blues. And then I'll be welcoming some huge names in the vegan world. Again, just like ridiculously excited about speaking to them. Uh, Earthling Ed, Ed Winters, um, Ella Mills from Deliciously Ella and Dr. Michael Greger, who is um, best-selling author of How Not to Die, How Not to Diet, How Not to Age, which has just come out now. So that is going to be definitely one to tune into. So yes, last episode of the year. And I just want to thank you all so much for supporting us at Simply Vegan. All your amazing messages, especially when Molly left. (laughs) Um, And I hope you'll join us in January and help spread the word to any new vegans who are in need of support and inspiration. Um, Because I think we have, you know, we've got a lovely community now for the podcast and it would be nice to welcome lots of new members into that anyway time for this week's interview where we're discussing why more men aren't vegan i'm joined by hannah montgomery who is campaigns manager at the vegan society hello hannah how are you hello i'm very well thank you thank you so much for having me today that's okay it's i'm glad we've finally got round to it we've been planning this for quite a while haven't we now (laughs) (laughs) we have we have to be fair (laughs) very very busy time of year for everyone um let's start by um finding out a bit about you so when did you go vegan and what is it like working at the vegan society because I'm sure a lot of our listeners would sort of kill to have a job like you it is a fantastic job I must admit yeah so I have been vegan since 2017 so I was vegetarian for a couple of years before that I'd love to say that I went vegan overnight but it was um, it was a couple of years it was slightly gradual and yeah so my role at the vegan society so I'm the campaigns manager as you said and um my kind of role is focusing on campaigning to fundamentally to end the exploitation of non-human animals but we do it in different forms with different campaigns so we whether it be people are going vegan for health reasons or we have animal focused campaigns we have um, public facing campaigns political campaigns so um we have like a wide variety of campaigns that kind of have a slightly different focus, but the ultimate goal um, for everybody at the charity is to end exploitation of non-human animals. But it is a fantastic position and it's it's a fantastic opportunity to work with like-minded people. I think we all in a world want to work with, um, with colleagues and kind of like speak with people day in, day out, make friendships with people who live the same values as you and kind of have that same mindset. I think it's incredibly important. So yeah, definitely in a lucky position. Yeah. I mean, I feel the same about my job. It's not really, 
you don't sort of have that oh god I've got to go to work you're kind of like right let's do this I've got to do this for the animals I've got to do this <laughs> <laughs> absolutely and it's and it's just so energizing and that's the thing and you probably feel exactly the same thing that when you go to work it almost, I know it's a very cliche thing to say, but it almost doesn't feel like work because not only are you working with like-minded people, but you're working towards something that you truly believe in and that mirrors your own values. So kind of, you know, going to work every day and strengthening that message and feeling like the work that you're doing does have an impact. Um, yeah, it's a really good feeling and I think it's, it's a good way to live. Yeah, it's the ultimate motivation, isn't it? Absolutely. So you talked about the different campaigns that you do. So Vegan and Thriving is one of them. I think, has that been running for a few years now? It has, yes. So Vegan and Thriving is our health-based campaign. Um, so it's been running for a couple of years and we actually relaunched it um, in November during World Vegan Month. Um, so our Vegan and Thriving campaign is fundamentally to help people live life to the fullest, no matter what their age or lifestyle. Um, and a large focus of our campaign this year has been on and veganism and masculinity because we actually discovered that of the proportion of people in the UK that are vegan the majority of those people are women and it kind of like led us into our own research and we and we were surveying um, non-vegan men and we kind of developed this knowledge and realized this gap and it kind of led us to question well what are the barriers for men going vegan why aren't more men going vegan um and that's been a, a huge focus of our vegan and thriving campaign so we have we launched with a short film where we interviewed several vegan men and they were talking about what veganism means to them and in relation to their masculinity and kind of like challenging those stereotypes really. And it was really impactful. And we also um, had several interview videos with them that kind of led a little bit deeper into their journey. And it's it's been really well received so far. And again, I think it's a really, really important message um, as well to kind of debunk and break down those stereotypes of masculinity and how it does relate to veganism mm. yeah you had Bosch on there didn't you um, yes yes you had Henry and Ian and, and they were they were fantastic and I think to really understand people's personal journeys as well um, is really important because obviously the short film you know in its kind of title it, it is very short and it's kind of giving a very brief synopsis of, of who they are and their journey but the the interviews where we delve a little deeper um and kind of really get into it with each person so with 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 Bosch um boys as well as so in Henry it was um it was really great to speak to them yeah I keep running into them at different vegan events I'm like I'm, I'm not talking <laughs> you I promise <laughs> uh, they're lovely aren't they they're so lovely I mean we oh they, they're um, so lovely they're so kind yeah we had a press day on a P&O cruise ship uh, actually which was brilliant wow. we had lots of um sort of champagne and well prosecco and food and stuff so um yeah ended up getting a lift with the pr and them uh taking photo of them holding topsy and tim books that was very random today <laughs> but anyway <laughs> um, what are some of the barriers then is it still the case that men are thinking they can't go vegan because it they won't be strong is it is it that sort of you know, old school masculine stereotype? Yeah, I absolutely think that plays a part in it. So I think 
there is a lot of social, you know, social pressure is a really powerful force. And I think there's a lot of um, misinformation when it comes to health and nutrition. And as you said, um, I think meat is still often associated with masculinity. And I think generally, potentially the social repercussions are a lot harsher um, when it comes to masculine norms. So of the thousand men that we surveyed, non-vegan men, um, those that cited that they didn't want to go vegan, um, many of them cited that giving up meat was the reason that they didn't want to adopt a vegan diet. And I think that kind of shows some evidence in in that consuming meat is still perceived um, by many to be linked to masculinity. And I think when it comes to nutrition as well, in our interview, um, in our survey, sorry, that we did, um, 30% of non-vegan men kind of cited health and nutrition as being a barrier with specific concerns over you know nutritional deficiencies and lack of energy and that kind of echo when people talk about protein as where well and again protein, this kind of, where do you get your protein which every vegan gets asked it's the 101 where do you get your protein from and I think again it's and this is why these campaigns and the work that we all do is so important because we are you know we are debunking these myths and we're we're providing support and resources because I think fundamentally you know everybody's on a journey and if people are looking to transition to becoming vegan it's creating a welcoming and inclusive environment and here are the resources here are the support you know that you need and we were really happy that the men that we did survey that 41% said that they were either going to go vegan or planning to do so in the future so that's really really encouraging as well and I think it's just offering that support um, whether it be on a, on a, an individual level and a societal level as well and I think you know we kind of all play a small role in that kind of breaking down those um barriers and I think it's getting better but I definitely think there are still and we can see that in in research and kind of having conversations that evidence is still there that there is still that link between masculinity um, and meat Mm. and I think that is kind of you know one barrier that we face I mean we have an in-house dietitian Andrea and we kind of have a plethora of information that actually shows you can get your protein sources from many different, you know, many different ways and you can live, not only, you know, live a vegan lifestyle, but you can thrive. You can, you know, whether you're an endurance athlete or um, strength training athlete, you can, you can thrive on that diet and Mm. live in accordance with your values as well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, tofu, tempeh, beans, lentils, buckwheat quinoa it's all got protein in there and if you're eating a really varied diet with loads of nuts and seeds and grains um and then the you know tofu and tempeh products I think you know you you yeah shouldn't be worrying about um your protein intake and there's so many um male athletes now aren't there and sports people there's um obviously Lewis Hamilton's one of the most famous um, Novak Djokovic, uh, Chris Smalling, and then you have strong men like Patrick Bavumian, who we've had on the podcast before, um, Olympic weightlifter Kendrick Farris, and professional bodybuilder Nimai Delgado. Um, I think it's it's known for sort of faster recovery times, isn't it? A, a kind of healthy vegan plant-based diet. So, yeah, as you said, you know, there's so, there's so many 
the, 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 the list is kind of limitless of, of athletes and people in the public are that are vegan and, and thriving as well. And I think one of the main sources of fuel you know, comes from carbohydrates. So, um, and our dietitian, we've got like a lots of information on our website, vegansociety.com on this, but, you know, rice, potatoes, starchy fruit and vegetables, these these foods are, are accessible to people um, and they can be cost effective as well. And having quality sources of protein, spreading them throughout the day, as you said, so you've got tofu, you've got chickpeas, black beans, um, oats, broccoli, tempeh, um, vegan protein bars. Um, you've got kind of like unsweetened soy yogurt, chai seeds. There's so much variety and creativity to be had um, on a vegan diet. I think it's just understanding your own body, understanding, you know, the quantities that you need. And as I said, we've got, you know, resources from professionals on our website that kind of can support people. But I definitely think, you know, and the evidence is there that as an athlete, um, or if you're someone who just has a very active lifestyle, you can definitely fuel that with a vegan diet and you can have these quality um, these quality foods. And I think the cost of living crisis comes into it as well. I think there's always this fear over food um, and, and quite rightly so, living in a cost of living crisis that um, food's more expensive and kind of worrying about what a vegan um, diet you know, contains. But I think when you really break it down, like a whole foods diet can be cost effective. And not only is it cost effective, it is healthier. And I think with whole food diets, they tend to be those kind of foods that you can batch cook and, you know, you can kind of like bulk up on. So they're a lot kind of, um, they're a lot more attainable and they're a lot more healthier yeah, as well. Definitely. When I speak to sort of people, you know, that do eat meat or fish and you know, they're sort of saying about the prices of things, you know, you're looking at sort of over five pounds for a plate of prawns <laughs> or, you know, let alone, I mean, a joint of beef for you, you know, if you're a meat eater Sunday roast. I mean, it's crazy. Like, how do people yeah. afford that? It is so expensive. And the thing is, I know that, you know, non, um, that vegan kind of processed foods as well can be expensive as well as the non-vegan equivalents. But as you said, it really does add up. And I think especially now that we're finding that the, um, you know, that food shops are generally more expensive, but then you can easily go to supermarkets and you can go down um, different aisles and you can, you know, bulk buy chickpeas, black beans, all of those, these sorts of things. And tofu is more cost effective. So one of our other campaigns, Live Vegan for Less, we've done um, like cost comparison research, which is on our website. So we've looked at vegan foods and um, non-vegan alternatives and the vegan versions are cheaper. Oh wow. And I think that's something that's, you know, really important to note that you can get quality protein. And I, I, I protein's always the buzzword because it's always the thing that people yeah. that people talk about. But I think it's again, I think there's a you know, often a fixation on protein, but it's having that well rounded diet. So, you know, carbohydrates are important, fiber's important, mm. you know, um, your iron intake, everything. So it's kind of lo- looking at you know your whole diet rather than kind of fixating on um one thing and I think that's kind of something in terms of like those masculinity norms as well that there is that focus on protein potentially a little bit more um when we talk about that cultural debate I think there is that fixation on men and 
you know, muscular endurance and protein. And it's, it's, it's simply breaking down and showing, and this is what our campaign about is about as well. It's showing that not only you can thrive as a vegan, but showing that veganism is a form of strength and compassion and kindness. And again, playing into those stereotypes as well, that, you know, you can have that strength. You can go to the gym if you want to, or whatever it may be, kind of, you know, however you kind of move your body, but also, you know, you can live in accordance with your, values and you can be compassionate at the same time it's not one or the other Mm, yeah I like that definitely I how can we um encourage the men in our lives to eat more plants then I think it's having those open and honest conversations with people I think it's creating that healthy space that people can talk about some of the pressures that they're facing some of you know some of their feelings talking about um creating a space to say how can I help you and providing resources as well providing resources providing information um, and creating that network because there's not even just the vegan society but there's so much information online now I think in terms of like the vegan movement from you know even from 2017 when I went vegan I think there's so much more information available now for people so whether it be you know um, recipes on Instagram you don't have to necessarily go and buy cookbooks whether it's people are always posting recipes on Instagram you know follow people that you admire so you know whether it be Bosch or other people who um, might be adopting a plant-based diet who are, sh- who are showing food being made well food that you enjoy um, you know downloading apps looking so we've got an app called Guide, which kind of shows you um your kind of like intake for the day on a weekly basis and provides that kind of support for a plant-based diet so I think it's finding those networks of people to support you and offering that information out to people I think it's important to approach people from a kind and loving place I think if people are open to transitioning to a vegan lifestyle it's creating that welcoming space and kind of drip feeding that drip feeding them that information because I think sometimes kind of going um encouraging people to believe and see things from your perspective in a way that isn't kind or isn't encouraging in my opinion just it just doesn't work it's it's difficult to to do that so I think keeping that open mind with people is really really important yeah it's so tricky isn't it I mean I've got you know I I don't want to be sort of tarring all men with the same brush because you know we're all different aren't we and I've got men in my life who have embraced um going mainly vegan or veggie and um you know it's been amazing to see them you know on their journey but I also have um male friends that will you know fat sort of family members who will challenge it um, and even if I don't bring it up, and I think that's that's the 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 difficulty, isn't it, for us vegans? What yeah. what would you recommend? You know, when say I don't know your brother or or a friend comes round, and they're kind of you know throwing the sort of usual vegan debate, vegan arguments at you, and obviously they they don't have any intention of going vegan. Where where do you start with that? I think, and I know I know I've already said this, but I think when getting into those kind of difficult conversations with people and potentially having those opposing views I think it's coming at any conversation from a calm place from a calm and kind place and 
if people are open to receiving information, giving that to them. So whether it be like, okay, so if you want to learn more actually about um, other quality protein sources, then I know a really good place that you can get that information or, you know, having that healthy conversation, but in a safe space to do. So I think if you're having a conversation with somebody and they're just not ready to receive what you're saying, then I think it's perfectly acceptable to say to somebody, I disagree with that. I don't want to get into an argument about that. So I'm going to step away from this conversation and potentially we can talk about it another time, but I don't feel comfortable and I don't feel ready to pursue this conversation right now. I think it comes to boundaries. I think it's really important to come at a conversation with boundaries and it's fine to to not have a conversation with somebody if they're not receiving the message or they're, you know, if, if there's kind of some um, anger there. But I think generally, if you're speaking with someone that's open-minded and you're coming at it from a calm place and you're giving, you're giving the right information as well, I think it's always good to, you know, provide tangible actions for people. So if people are open-minded and you say, oh, well, I've read this really good book. I think you'd really like it. And actually there's this person on Instagram who does really good videos and I know that you really like those kind of recipes. So maybe just have a little look at them or, um, oh, I saw this um, really nice product in a supermarket. Like I think that you would really like to try that. And making meals for people my my I find the food is the key to most people's yeah, most that. people's hearts so for me like if I um have um had people round or I'm in an environment where um there's 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 cooking going on um I always find that making a vegan meal but not necessarily making a big deal about it being a vegan meal but just making the meal and then people taste for, taste the food and the food speaks for itself and people say oh Han that's that's delicious what is that and I say oh it's you know it might be mac and cheese or it might be like a salad or it might be a chocolate cake whatever it might be and then they go oh is that vegan and they're like oh that's delicious and I think it's just letting the kind of the food speak for itself um so to speak so I always think that's a good way to kind of engage with people maybe have like a um you know, like a get together. Obviously, it's coming up with the festive season, which I can't believe that it's yeah. December this week. Yeah. I really, really can't. I know, but it's a good time to get people together. And I think maybe you know, if if you if there are people within your network that are open minded to trying veganism, um, but they don't know where to start or they don't necessarily have other people around them to support them, then maybe having like get togethers where you're bringing food, you're cooking meals, you're showing food being made well, whether you're doing like secret Santas, like maybe potentially like buying a gift for somebody that um you know doesn't have to be labeled vegan but it but it is it is a vegan product because I think sometimes taking the name off something sometimes people say oh that's vegan and I don't necessarily know what the connotation of of what the thing is going to be um but I think sometimes kind of being proactive and supporting people by making them food, providing those resources mm. for them, um, potentially like buying them a gift that they'll enjoy and it happens to be vegan. They're good ways of like creating that um, kind of that change for people. Yeah. I think people have 
sort of the set idea sometimes don't they that yeah. you know vegan food's gonna have all the taste taken out of it and <laughs> you know be sort of fun free in some way <laughs> but I mean yeah. you know we're not you know it's not 1970 anymore we're like so lucky to have so many things and and the creativity in the movement is just incredible isn't it like you say you only have to Instagram and see you know someone making a celeriac steak with you know some sort of amazing dressing or you know scallops out of yeah. mushrooms and you're just like oh my god this is you know this is incredible <laughs> and it tastes so good like you say so yeah definitely um definitely agree with that the only thing is the pressure isn't it do you ever find like the pressure when you've got people coming around they're not vegan you're like oh, I've got to make this amazing <laughs> <laughs> you know it's it's not fair really is it you go around someone else's house they're like they're just you know just doing some nice food whereas us vegans like this has got to taste really good <laughs> Yeah, I think that sometimes there can kind of be pressure depending on depending on who it is. And I think again, I think that kind of plays into these narratives, doesn't it, of these these myths and stereotypes about what veganism is. And and as you said, the reality of it is is that there is so much food available for people now, whether it be, you know, um, in whatever form, whether you're, whether on, on occasion you are buying something processed or whether you're going out for food or um, you're cooking, there's so much creativity to be had. And I know that from from my personal experience, like since I've been vegan, I was never somebody who cooked creatively. Mm before I went vegan I was really not somebody who really thought that much about making like delicious meals it was just kind of like right I'm gonna put this together and it, and it is what it is but since I have become vegan like the food that I, I eat like so much more variety now than I ever did before and it's it's exciting it, it, I find it so much more exciting and when I go out for food as well I just think I find a lot more joy in food now since going vegan than I ever did before that's like been a huge thing for me and obviously you know with veganism it's not just diet I know that's generally like the starting point for people it's kind of you know a whole lifestyle but when it comes to the diet um yeah I found so much so much joy in food and like you know people like Bosch that they've got so many cookbooks now and when I first went vegan and I've said this to them as well that when I first went vegan their cookbooks were the first their first cookbook was my very very first cookbook that I bought and, and it was a staple and I think you know there's there's loads of people out there um you don't have to spend money because I think when I kind of went vegan there wasn't as many vegan recipes like no. on Instagram and on, on on social media I don't really remember that being so prominent as, as it is now and it and it's great in a way because obviously it's free for people and you actually get to see the food being made rather yeah. than just like you know like a static recipe um so I think that I think that's really great things that there's so many resources for people but I think sometimes it's just knowing where to start I think coming you know we're thinking of it from a vegan mindset we've been vegan for a long time and it's just it's just something that's um really easy to go shopping but I think when you first go vegan it can be really daunting and I think you know particularly kind of you know the part of our campaign vegan and thriving if you're 
you know, if you're a male and other people within your network aren't vegan and they're not having those conversations and they're very much like protein is meat and um, you've got to have meat to, to be, um, you've got to have chicken every day. And it's, you know, it's feeding into that narrative. And if you're open to try, if you're open to going vegan, but not sure how to break out of those stereotypes, it can be difficult. It can be difficult. And I think having those conversations first and foremost is the most important thing to show vegan men, like we have done in our campaign, show that, you know, people, men of all ages, of all different backgrounds can be vegan. Mm-hmm. And not only are they vegan, they're thriving, they're speaking up, they're breaking down those stereotypes and you know it's much easier for people to follow suit when they see people like them Mm. living a lifestyle that they're open to it's much easier to follow the path if you can see other people living that already yeah Facebook's good isn't it if you're on Facebook and there's there's so many groups on there Yes, Facebook. Yeah, they have so there's so so many um, vegan groups um, on Facebook. That's a that's a fantastic platform yeah. to look at. Yeah. It really is. And YouTube, YouTube. There's so many. Um, not just not food related, but advice. People providing um, advice of all different things. So whether it be dietitians, um, people that you admire, or potentially people that you um, like you know motivational speakers that might be vegan there's there's so many different people that you can kind of draw inspiration and support from because it might not even be support from your immediate network of people that you kind of see day to day but you can draw support from networks of people online Mm. um and I think it's important to know that you have that support in um in different forms yeah the Game Changers was a good film, wasn't it? For um, it was quite male dominated. Yes, because that was a couple of years ago now, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, that was a really, really good one. And the documentaries are a really great place because when I went vegan, um, you know, I watched Cowspiracy and What the Health and all of those documentaries, and they are really eye opening. And I think, kind of, when you open your mind to the conditions um the animals live in and, and the suffering to kind of become food on our plate it, it, it is an awakening it's hard to it's hard to go back to um having your eyes closed so to speak it, it's difficult but I think it's have it being open to receiving change and seeking out that information is really really important well, just to finish, what are you going to have um, on Christmas Day? Obviously, you won't be having meat, <laughs> turkey. So, no, you, I won't be having turkey. <laughs> you tend to like make something that resembles a turkey. I mean, some of the things you see now, I think Asda have got like a whole turkey that's completely vegan and it looks like a turkey. Um, or are you more like a sort of mushroom Wellington type? Girl. do you know what i'm a mushroom wellington girl so this year i'll be having i'm actually gonna make one i'm gonna make my i'm gonna make a homemade mushroom wellington but yeah like roast potatoes all the trimmings all the veg um but yeah i love a nut roast like you said mushroom wellington is my favorite mm. um I don't, I don't like the sound of a vegan turkey that looks like a turkey. <laughs> I know, to be honest, me neither. I mean, I have made seitan 
um, which you make with um, vital wheat gluten. Um, yes. Sure, you know, you probably know. Um, but just for any new vegans, you can hunt that out in a health food shop and just look up the recipe. It's, it's really quite easy. But I found that incredible because it doesn't have to doesn't necessarily really look too like meat, but it's just a nice sort of firm texture and, and flavored sort of quite meaty. And um, it's quite a good one yeah. for like kids and stuff who kind of want something more meaty. Yeah, absolutely. And it, and it is delicious and it can be cost effective. And we've got a recipe actually on our Instagram. Um, so if you follow the vegan site on Instagram, we worked with an influencer last year who developed a Saitan recipe for us and, and also on our website as well. But you are right. It's a fantastic alternative. And I think, um, you know, for Christmas dinners or kind of, you know, whatever format that you that you want to have it in. And there's so many vegan desserts now that are mm. fantastic, whether you want to buy a store-bought dessert or you want to make something. Um, there's just so, so much variety. Yeah. I saw the other day that there's a, um, a brandy elm lee plant-based cream so that sounds quite exciting oh, that sounds delicious <laughs> yeah, I have a look for that. um but yeah Hannah you've been amazing thank you so much and um I hope you have oh, a lovely you. festive season and a nice break I think we're all going to deserve it aren't we after this month <laughs> working hard and Absolute. then yeah ready to kick off for January it's 10 years since it started so that's really exciting Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been fantastic chatting to you as always. Really appreciate it. Well, that's a wrap. That's the Simply Vegan podcast done for 2023. Thank you again for all your support. Please do leave us a review. Um, It really helps us to rank in the charts and for new vegans to find us, um, which is especially important as we go into the January. So I'm back on the 4th of January with MJ and I'll be chatting to Ed Winters, also known as Earthling Ed. So please do join me and I'll see you then.